growing up, it was more so you go to school, you go to college and you get you a good job. Hopefully something around computers. <laughs> and so that, and that's what I did. And, you know, I got homesick and came back to Detroit and I was like, gosh, what do I really want to do? Who do I want to be? Welcome to Chatting Over Chowder. We're your hosts, Bethany and Sherilyn. Chatting Over Chowder is a podcast where we ask people in the podcasting industry what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder. Join us for some fun, laughs, and tomfoolery. Get your spoon ready. We're about to dive in. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Chatting Over Chowder. I am Bethany. And I'm Sherilyn. And we are the duo, the team, the collaboration, the wacky dacky chicks of Crackers in Soup podcast production. And today with us, we have Robin Kinney, who is amazing. And she is like pretty much the mayor or governor of Michigan. So there you go. You've got, I've given you a raise. Expect that that state money in your mailbox okay. at any time. <laughs> okay, so she's not officially the governor, like nobody come at me, but she does do all of the things. So Robin Kinney is the president of Motor City Woman, a custom-built broadcast studio with services in digital radio, podcast production, voiceover, and audiobook recordings. She's also president of Audio Engineers of Detroit, an audio engineering trade school. Robin serves as the Detroit chapter head of soundgirls.org, a national organization focused on increasing the number of women in audio engineering. Her service for others extend to volunteering as an advisory board member for Y Arts, the arts and humanities branch of the YMCA of Metropolitan Detroit. She is dedicated to creating a platform for underrepresented voices in broadcasting and podcasting. Robin has contributed to the podcast Business Journal and published Top 10 Mistakes New Podcasters Make and the Motor City Woman Planner for New Podcasters, both available on MotorCityWoman.com. She holds an undergraduate degree from the Eli Broad College of Business and Master's degree and higher adult lifelong education from Michigan State University. Robin has been recognized by Walker's Legacy as part of the 25 top women leading the Detroit community. Woo! the Association for Women in Communications, a diversity business leader by CORE magazine, and was honored to be selected to be part of Pandora's Pass the Mic, a campaign that celebrates women within the audio industry. Robin is a wife and mother of three children, which she counts as her true life's passion. Robin, 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 Robin. Robin is who I want to be when I grow up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I've told you that before. It's not a shock. <laughs> Thank you both for having me. Thank, Thank you, you for being on here. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> <laughs> so Robin and I actually met because we have a person in common. Caroline, you have a person in common too, Brahenda. Oh, okay. Yes. So Brahenda was like, you have to meet Robin. And I was like, I've already been stalking Robin. <laughs> <laughs> That is Bethany's true, like, real profession is stalking. <laughs> we she just gets paid for it, too. I've been watching her from afar. <laughs> Please let her know who I am. I'd be like, oh, that's Robin. Oh, look at that outfit she got on. She cute. Look how cute she is. I'd be like, oh, wait, never mind. You don't know me. <laughs> never mind. Delete, delete, delete. And then she's like, let's change that. <laughs> when Brahenda was like, I'm going to send an email connecting you guys, I was out of my mind. And I was like, is she going to respond? Is she going to respond? And Robin took like three days to respond back. I'm just saying. Mama's busy. Um, I know that you, I mean, I read the bio. I got a few things going on. So, so I was like, oh my God, Robin, I've been talking to you. I love you. I want to be with you when I grow up. You do everything that I want to do. Oh my God, tell me about like creating a building for, for podcast productions. Like I just, it was like verbal diarrhea. I held nothing. <laughs> No, my favorite moment, and I don't know if we're going to get to this in our conversation or not, but our clubhouse. I was given tidbits. <laughs> that was, I just, towards I the ending. <laughs> I lost it. It just like started laughing. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> 
classic. That was classic. that was like, a pure I'm, dose of who Bethany. Is. I am like tearing up just thinking about it because it was just the highlight of that day. It was. <laughs> My favorite was that you sent me an email and you were like, I just want to call you. I was like, say a word, say less. <laughs> drop your drop your phone number. Like, it's about to go I, down. I have to talk to you. <laughs> like, say less. I'm calling right now. I'm like, girl, you can give me a number, but I already had it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Circle them back to how the conversation started. <laughs> I already had it. But here's my oh. Oh, okay. Oh, oh gosh. Well, yeah, that was good times. <laughs> good times. Good times. Noodle salad. So your bio is phenomenal and you are so young and you've accomplished so much. What is your story? How did this all come to be about? When did you decide this is the direction I'm going to go in my career? When did I decide? I can recall and there's like... <laughs> This career that I'm in was predestined from when I was a young girl. I'm not going to tell that story, but I will say I was working a regular nine to five at a job that I loved, but I didn't feel like it was my calling, but I loved doing it. I, I love the work that we were doing. And I can just recall sitting at my desk, looking out the window, thinking, is this it? Like, but I should be grateful because I love what I do, but I just feel like there's more. I don't know what that more is. And so I really delve into, you know, listening to like everything from motivation to manifestation and just trying to find like, what is this? And a lot of prayer. And I've always loved talk radio. Talk radio has something, it's been something that's been a part of my story for a long, long time. And one thing that I noticed was the lack of women in radio who were hosts, like they weren't just brought in during a fashion segment, nothing wrong with fashion, but that weren't just tailored to one thing and had one little box and then they're on their way. But women who were a part of the conversation, leading the conversation, and so decided to start a radio station. And that was really the impetus for, you know, Motor City Women Radio Network. So that's where we started as a digital radio station. And over time, over the last almost six years now, we've evolved into, you know, production and original works. But we really started as a, a radio station just due to the lack of diversity in broadcasting. That story of how you how you came to be is so important because the fact that you loved what you did so many people take that perception and say well this is where I should continue I'm not being fulfilled and and my heart's desire isn't here but I love what I do I like the people that I work with I'm making dollar dollar bills but knowing that there's something bigger for you and you having the strength and the knowledge of yourself to say I'm going to leave this behind, even though it's not like it's detrimental to my mental space. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave this behind because I know that my purpose is bigger. And what you are doing and what you're providing for so many people within the Detroit area is a place to go so they don't have to invest in all of the equipment for podcast production or for any if they want to record their audiobooks. Because I think that a lot of the setback of people wanting to get into podcasting is purchasing all of the equipment, not knowing what equipment they should purchase, kind of going down the rabbit hole of either getting too much or too little or not enough or spending thousands of dollars on a microphone when you could have bought one for 80. Mm -hmm. And you take all of that mystery out of that just by people going to your production company and in having those one-on-one -on -one conversations, being able to record in your studio studio. So all the kudos to you, Queen. Thank you. And I will say that when we, we started the radio network, I continue to work full time. So I don't want anyone to be like, you know, following my heart and then just quitting their job. Okay. Robin's like, when you have to declare bankruptcy, don't come at me. Don't cite this interview. Enjoy okay. your dream. Get paid. Right. So yeah, I continue to work for an additional two years. 
and did the the radio station on the evenings and the weekends. And it was it was tough. And I was expecting my third child at the time. And you know, I was we were really focused on the vision that we had. We still are as we we're now building out our second location, you know, during the pandemic. And last year has been overly tough where we had to reassess a lot of services and, you know, gatherings and PPE and reassuring our investors during this time. So it's it's been a lot, but we've held the vision that we have, you know, very clear. And one of the things I always tell people is to be laser focused and crystal clear on what you want. And that's the work. If you can drill down to that, everything else will come into place as you confidently move forward. And I really do think that with the pandemic, it it essentially forced everyone to get that much more creative with how they were running their businesses and what things to, you know, obviously be able to still bring in income, but at the same time, be able to provide for you the service that actually services the community. You know what I mean? And and people who might have even felt like, oh, damn, there goes my opportunity now. I, I can't do anything. The fact that you fought to stay open, obviously not just for your like, obviously for your own income, but for more than that, to be able to still help these people in, you know, recording that audiobook, having their own podcast, doing things that they never thought they could before. And Sherilyn, as I was just kind of reminiscing over the last year, you know, some of my favorite episodes that we were able to produce talked about everything from how the pandemic is impacting domestic violence to how nonprofits are keeping their doors open in creative ways, how the slow food industry is being impacted and supply chain. So, so many things that we were like, we can't stop talking because people need this information so that we can all get through this because we know this is temporary. We know this. One of our clients is a mental health therapist. So, you know, she talks all the time how busy she is, but that she's utilizing her podcast to reach the people that she can't one-on-one serve. And, you know, and, and that really, you know, makes me feel good that we're part of those stories of people getting the information they need. They're getting the resources. They're getting the connections to people who can help them during this, you know, traumatic time. And not only are you a part of each of your podcaster's story, but you're also providing an avenue for people to learn how to do audio engineering. So you're providing people with job skills, which in turn is going to allow them to go out either freelance or join a company with all of this information under their belt and get it. So you're putting literally putting food on people's tables. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're very happy about that. You know, one of our, our, our main goals was to be part of the community. You know, we never wanted the business to be purely transactional where you come in, we provide a service, you pay us, then you leave, but we want to be intricately woven into the fabric of our community and that was really important to us. So because of that, for the second location, people will be able to learn audio engineering. And we put that as part of our services because A, when we started to open the, the first location, it was hard to find folks to that knew how to run the board and all these different things. So that was number one. Luckily, we were able to partner with a local trade school for internships. And so that's been awesome. I was like, but what else can we do to not only create jobs, but also create opportunities for people who want to start businesses themselves? So actually at the end of the audio engineering class, there's an entrepreneurship class that will teach you things like putting together a business plan, how to get financing. So we were able to bring in all of these experts within our community who can teach these things. So, you know, now you have your own business, you're an independent contractor and you're doing it and you're growing it. And so our our vision is that it just continues to grow and our impact continues to grow. From how to file a business certificate with your with your city mm-hmm. to how to get the documentation that you need 
if you have employees, to paying taxes, all of those things that aren't discussed. Mm-hmm. No one tells you that. No one tells you until all of a sudden you're getting a letter saying that you owe <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars and you're like, oh. how did this happen? <laughs> and you're looking to see if they got the mailing address and your name incorrect. Like who, who was the sent to? The same me? How did this happen? But it's so important to set people up for success. And that's absolutely what you're doing in this program. Especially youth. I find that our youth really has no idea and they don't think that it's possible. I've been to schools where, or like organizations where they kind of have like after school programs for kids, like troubled youth. Mm -hmm. And I see like, when you ask them these questions, they, they don't think that that like they could ever have the life they want. Mm-hmm. They they think that they're going to forever be stuck in that struggle bus and and dealing with all the things that their parents had to or, you know, if their parents are in jail, that that's just, you know, them just fighting to not get to that point themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's like programs like yours really open those doors for kids to realize that they have a future. They can open the, up their own businesses. It's not just a skill set. You're giving everything. And that's so incredible. And I, I truly commend you because not a lot of people have that mindset. They they forget when they have a business that you also want to serve as well. And my grandmother always told me, she was like, if you don't give when you have nothing, when you have, you're not going to give either. You know, so it's, I, I just, I, I think it's beautiful. And it's something that I, I truly do commend you for. And I'm, I praise you for continuing to do that and growing it. Thank you so much, Sherline. I was not raised around entrepreneurs. I never looked at entrepreneurship as a viable career growing up. My family's from Alabama. My grandfather was part of the Great Migration in the 1940s to Detroit. So he was coming up here for a better quality of life. And growing up, it was more so you go to school, you go to college, and you get you a good job. Hopefully something around computers. <laughs> and so that, and that's what I did. And, you know, I got homesick and came back to Detroit. And I was like, gosh, what do I really want to do? Who do I want to be? And my family has always been a family who serves, you know, we, you know, growing up, I just recall my grandmother and my mother washing clothes ironing them, folding them before donating them to Goodwill. So those were things that I can recall, like serve others. You will always have more than enough when you serve others. So that we knew that we wanted that to be a tenant, you know, in the business. And and with the course, one of our goals is to, to partner with local school districts so that the youth can come in and learn these skills. Because believe me, Kids know more than we give them credit for. A lot of them, they're making beats. They're producing in their basement. Our focus is to put a spin on it so that they can go after the big fish, you know, so that when a big concert comes to town and they're looking for people to work with their sound, that they don't have to outsource that, that we're growing talent right here in Detroit. And and that's one of, you know, our goals for the business in general. And I'm so glad that you mentioned kind of the legacy of how your family construed success and in turn with how well you've been able to create your business, you're in turn leaving a legacy that's very different than what you saw, Mm -hmm. but you're showing your children in, in your community an equally important legacy of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Like, that's just such a testament to, because I had the same thing when I was growing up. You go to, you go to college, right. you get, you get the good job. You get you a good job with some good benefits. With, with the benefits, whether you were <laughs> mentally exhausted or not, you stay there until you retire, you get a pension mm-hmm. and you've led a successful life. Right. And I think that that is such the the terminology of so many of minority families mm-hmm. that they want so badly for the generation that they've created to do better than or to be offered better than what they had right right and that's how they see white people doing it right <laughs> so they're like you got to do that too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well my daughters have 
I don't know if they've ever seen me in any other type of space than owning a business. You know, they regularly come to the studio. We do mic checks. They're they they're very comfortable being on the microphone. And one thing that they really love right now, what they're really into is Roblox. So I'm always trying to find a lesson in everything that they're into and, you know, use that in another way. So, you know, if I'm if I'm editing in Adobe or something, I'll show them, you see how this moves when I talk, you know, that's a sound wave, you know, what is this, what is this? And it's just interesting how they've, ne- they've never seen me in any other capacity, but owning a business. So it's very normal for them to, for me to be, have a flexible schedule and to volunteer at their school. And, you know, when I left my full-time job, I really wanted to make sure that work went around life and not my life going around work. And so being able to customize, you know, my schedule. And of course, over this last year, everyone can say like, oh, that work like balance, that went out the door completely. It was like, you, you have to create a space somewhere. Like I'm at my dining room table right now. <laughs> you have to create a space in order to do both of those things and meet in both of those different, you know, areas. Can we talk about the trauma response regarding Roblox? (laughs) My daughter (laughs) is obsessed, but it's not only my daughter. It's like all of her friends. Yeah. It's my niece. I I don't know what little subliminal messages Roblox is giving them as they play where it becomes so addictive into their minds that if they don't have it, yeah. they can't breathe. And the Robux, that's what they asked for for Christmas from my mother. Like she got them Robux gift cards. Oh, and... she gets no Robux. <laughs> she gets no Robux. <laughs> for, for those who don't know, do you want to elaborate a little more on what that is? Go ahead, Robin. Okay, so Robux is like their own currency. So that's like the Roblox currency. So my daughter, she wanted... It, uh, what is it? She wanted a she wanted to buy a house or something, and so she needed Robux in order to purchase it. And you know what? After I learned more about Roblox and I saw how much they were playing it, I did some research, and you know they're about to go public. Yes, and I'm going to buy some of that stock. You send me send me an email because. <laughs> <laughs> the amount that my daughter uses it alone, their stock will flourish. I know. It'll be it'll be like a mountain. Black. Right. It was supposed to be, I want to say February, maybe, but it was postponed. And I was like, oh, I'm waiting. waiting I'm not waiting, dropping waiting. this episode until after <laughs> the stock has gone public. I love you listeners. Y'all ain't getting in on before me. You ain't getting in before me. So for people who don't know what Roblox is, it's this app in which you can download. And it has different games that that you can play and you can interact with your friends and you can conversate. So the type of things um, that you can do is you can build a house. Right. You can, and, and when I say build a house, I mean, you can determine how many bedrooms you have, what your kitchen looks like. It It is an architect's dream. And then you can also do other things. Like I, I know that they play dress up. Yeah, they shoot. do dress up. They have oh. fashion shows. I was and people at- get graded. Like people get graded yeah. and you get graded. It's a whole yeah. ordeal. Yes. Thank is. you for that tidbit though. Yeah, I'm going to be I, I read that because I just wanted to know, what is this whole Roblox thing? And the parent company is going, um, planning to go public. And one of the things that makes Roblox so different is the fact that you can like create your own environment and people will pay you to play in your environment. That's why all these kids, there's kids that are monetizing Roblox. I didn't know that. So my daughter is has limited abilities okay. in Roblox. She's one of those kids that is like, well, my friend name drop right. can do this and this and this and this. Yeah, and she and she gets Roblox for Christmas and Robux for Christmas. And she could do this and she could talk to anybody. And, and I was like, well, you know who's not my kid? <laughs> that friend. <laughs> You're lucky you can do what you can do. 
Right. I know that's right. I'm telling you, today's youth has so many more opportunities than we did to monetize on things. Like it's insane. I, and I mean, I also think it's brilliant because I know when I was like 10 or 11, the last thing I was thinking of was how the hell to like full on make this game I'm playing be money coming in. Right. That's what they're exposed to. And, and I and I do love that because again, it's I think the generation, the newer generation, Gen Z, um, and the younger generation, are really kind of coming up on running their own businesses now yeah. rather than working for other people. Yeah, truly, truly, like I think that that's going to be more of what they aim for. Obviously, get a little job here at a diner or, or wherever to kind of get money to start. But for the most part, everyone's starting so much online, and I think it's brilliant. And I think that is also a testament to our generation who has very willingly given out this information. We stopped gatekeeping, you know what I mean? Because we were gatekept so much. Yeah. Like we dropped all of that beautiful nugget knowledge. So let's talk about soup. So what you, what you, what you <laughs> did you, ba, ba, ba? <laughs> ba, 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 ba. <laughs> what soup did you choose and why? I choose chicken and wild rice. It's yummy too. And there's big chunks of carrots and chicken and and it's a huge jar. That jar is going to last me. You know, I didn't want to be on here like scarfing it. So I didn't fill up completely. <laughs> I didn't want to be sopping up the soup with my biscuit here. But once this is wrapped up... <laughs> let the scoffing commence (laughs) we'll get down to business but this is wonderful I you know this is certainly a spoonful of comfort I was like oh it came yesterday came yesterday on my porch and I was like oh in a huge ladle the packaging they get an a plus plus for packaging that's for sure love it thank you so much for sending it Thank you for saying yes to be on our podcast. <laughs> we just adore our guests so much. We, literally every single guest that we've had thus far. And I don't know how long Sherline can keep this up. We, <laughs> we have some sort of connection to It's not like people have just been filled out a form. Yeah. And decided to be on our podcast. We literally hand select every single person that we want to and extend an invitation to you to be on. Isn't that the best? I think that's one of the pluses of entrepreneurship. I get to work with who I want to work with and, and who lights me up, you know? Yes. It's awesome. And the reason why you light me up is truly, I, I kid, but I have followed you for so long because you are a mentor Aww. to me. I love everything that you do. Your values and the way in which you create opportunities for others is something that I very much want to mimic in my business. And I had already had Sherilyn and talked and I had talked about this like forever ago, an idea of creating purchasing a building and creating a studio and having these audio engineering experiences because we have a trade school in our city for those students to be able to come in, take some courses learn some hands-on what it's like for for a person who's recording and if they have a stutter what that looks like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if asking them if they want to have the stutter within the podcast Mm -hmm. or if it's offensive if you take it out like these Mm -hmm. it's such like an experience Mm -hmm. and and a real life experience and when and I didn't know what that was actually going to look like or how to create it and then when I found you and saw that you were exactly doing the prototype of what I want to do. We're all connected. Yes. I was in, I was like, you know what? If you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in the universe, if that is just a testimony to, if you put out the vibration, Mm -hmm. you will be provided with the answers. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are not like, Hey, we're going to send you a can of soup, but because you are, so wonderful and we admire each and all of our guests so much we want to have give them an experience when they're coming on our our podcast yeah well it's 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 certainly comforting it's like oh my gosh I thought it was just going to be like a serving I put, I put this huge jar 
of soup and it's so fresh and real ingredients and something that I would serve my family. So it speaks a lot to the experience and the and the brand of, you know, chatting over chowder. So kudos. <laughs> so talk about the podcast that you have, that you listen to, that you have shared with Sherilyn and I, and why you chose those podcasts for us to listen to. Well, I have been an NPR fanatic for as long as I can remember and a big fan of Terry Gross specifically, of not only due to her interviewing skills, which are top notch, but that she's a woman. And to this day, I still listen to Fresh Air on NPR. I love Fresh Air because I never know what they're going to talk about from day to day. She may be interviewing a, a rock star from the UK. She may be talking about the, I was just doing some research on how the, the fast apparel industry is hurting developing countries. So I love to learn new things. I love to challenge myself. And so that's a podcast that I go to where I could just hit play and like, hmm, I didn't know that. And you know, she's just so good. You know, she's just great. Another podcast that I've been listening to, especially since last month, was Black History Month. This month being Women's History Month, I sought out podcasts that were talking about women in history from a different angle. You know, we, we always talk about Rosa Parks. There's nothing against Rosa Parks, the grandmother of the civil rights movement. However, there were other women who, along those same veins, made a huge impact that are either lesser known, either by choice or by chance. And so the podcast, I believe, is called Fierce Women that talk about these women who challenged the status quo and we are all benefiting from it today. And I, I guess that's one of the things I love about uh, podcasts is that it gives you the opportunity to, to learn things in a way that's comfortable. Like it's, it's not an investment of watching it on TV, but I get to listen, which I believe is more intimate anyway. I get to listen and paint the picture myself in my own eyes. And so that's what I'm listening to these days. No, so I was listening to Fresh Air and I agree. I, I love, you already have to learn so much in a day to begin with. So it's like you, you half the time just don't have the time to like go research things. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed Fresh Air because it was, Bethany and I both listened to two separate episodes and we were talking about it before we came on. And I was saying this one was about the the COVID vaccine the, and like what exactly makes it and the difference between normal vaccines and like the MNRA like vaccine. And so I thought that was really neat. And Bethany got a completely different perspective mm. on a different um, episode that she watched. And I do like that because it's like you get that information that you need to kind of keep you up to date without being inundated with like stuff like the news where it's so negative and and can really be super super biased right a lot of my friends you know of course in the in the group chat we're talking about the Oprah Winfrey interview with Meghan Markle and here and I did not watch it I was intentional about not watching it and I told them I'm avoiding anything that I know is going to make me angry right now and so I, I didn't juicy. watch it either. I know it's juicy. I was like, no, I've seen a few clips, but I was not going to invest two hours into something that I knew 100% was going to upset me. I love that. I love that protection of, of energy. And, and that was the reason why I didn't watch it either, because I knew it was just, and it goes not only into interviews, but specific movies that I'll watch now. Look, we don't need any more slavery movies. Right. Can stop we stop making them? Yes, like what? There are other things about, you know, people of color that we can talk about. A ton of things, actually. In the 1800s, a lot has happened. <laughs> can we talk about bringing spices over and what and what you did with spices and how? <laughs> can we talk about flavoring some food? <laughs> we don't. We know yeah, it happened. I, I avoid movies like Django, a whole host of movies. That was like, I I not know. I not only know what this story is, but I know how it ends. So why would I keep watching 
this over and over and over. And, you know, one of the things that I really tried to explain to my girls is that we weren't slaves. We were enslaved people. So we weren't brought over here slaves. We were doctors. You know, we were farmers. We made ceramics. And we were made to be slaves. So oh, drop that. Drop that. <laughs> All the goosebumps. So that's the movie. How about we talk about that? Because I don't need another slave movie. I don't need to be re-traumatized. And I was actually um, talking to an associate, you know, who's white, you know, and I, there's certain things I can't explain to you. Like, I think we were talking about how she could trace her ancestry to Ireland. And I was like, gosh, can't do that. Must be nice. Must be nice. And one of my favorite shows is a PBS show, on public radio on public TV fanatic with Henry Louis Gates, Finding Your Roots. Oh, yeah. that is my show. Did you see the one with Pharrell? So I didn't, but <sighs> he's like the realness that he drops I love when he's it. talking about the ancestors. My mom actually got me into it. I love it. I, you know, over this last year, of course, you, everyone's watching everything, but I started watching that just to hear the stories, but the, the most recent episode when he did with Pharrell was the first time where they actually stopped recording and Pharrell needed, they had to pause and they came back like a month later because it was just so intense. And Pharrell said, you know, I, I really did not want to cry on camera. I could, I did not want to show that. And so like his face was all twisting up because he was just trying to, he was trying to soldier through it. I'm tough. Yeah, I know, you know, my ancestors were slaves. But when he started showing him documents and like the balance sheet of his ancestors, it was, you could tell he was just like, it's too much. So they actually came back a month later that's how intense it was and it inspired me to go on Ancestry I was able to use my library card they were giving out free memberships to Ancestry shout out to the South Bend Public Library and I was able to go back to the mid-1800s yes and look at well I say the late 1800s this was probably looks like a census report a census report and there was like a, a directory. So I was able to find like my great grandmother. And it was just, it was just awesome, you know. And then calling all my family, we were all on a three-way. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. So it really inspired me to dig deeper into, okay, yeah, I know my ancestors were slaves. But what else? There's more. There's always more. And, you know, you have to choose what you focus on. Girl, mm, 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 to you. I'm gonna go enjoy my soup. Yeah, be like, okay, I'm just gonna leave with that. Bye bye, bye bye. I do have to go back a little bit to what you were saying regarding podcasting being so intimate, and I love. I'm I'm using that. I'm now biting that off of you. So I said that now. So you so so you said it, but I say it now. No, I'm saying you said you gotta say you gotta quote yourself. I said you're like so so intimate. So it came to me in a fever dream. <laughs> the podcasting is so intimate. I'm going to be in the comments. <laughs> you're going to be in Clubhouse. And you're gonna... <laughs> you know, I haven't been back on Clubhouse since that. It just, I was just like, what am I doing? I'm just not sure if this is the platform. <laughs> I really, it, it made me reassess like it really did. I don't have to, I don't have time for that. I just I really don't. I don't have the time or the energy. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be hosting something and I'm gonna raise my hand Please to speak. I'm and gonna I'm be gonna... like Bethany. I'm gonna thanks to Bethany. <laughs> We're not doing this. I'm gonna be like Robin, thank you so much for your expertise and the information that you have to drop because you know podcasting is very intimate. <laughs> Oh, it's not funny, you know, <laughs> but it's so true because we have all of these other, when we're watching TV mm-hmm. or when we're engaging in other ways to content that we're receiving, there are so many other context clues that 
can change our perception of what someone's saying. So if someone's cursing you out, but they're smiling and they're smiling with their eyes, right? You, it's a, it's a mind trick, right? It's like, wait, did she? Right. Did she just call me on my name? Like, I, right. I'm not quite sure. She's saying words that are nice. <laughs> I feel like they're catty. I don't don't, don't quite know. Right. But if you don't, if you only hear the audio, mm-hmm. and that's why I I tell my clients it's so important that if you have guests that you truly enjoy who your guests mm-hmm. are because if I'm listening to a podcast, I can absolutely tell if you a don't know anything about this person that you're speaking to which is the worst b know a lot about this person but you don't like them yeah which i don't know if it's worse than a right it's just a name it's just a name or or c if you really enjoy who who you're talking to because there's there's no there's nothing else to influence what you're hearing So podcasting, to wrap this up, (laughs) is very intimate. It's the art of the conversation, you know, and I learned that my mother has um, six sisters. So I can recall all of them sitting at my my great aunt Lowe's um, kitchen table. And of course, I wasn't in the same room as a kid. You didn't do that those days. I wasn't part of the conversation. But I would hear them, you know, talking and just imagine these women around this small table and they're laughing. And it was just the the intimacy of a pause. So many little things of hesitation, you know, it's all these things. That's why I tell people that this was already predestined before I knew it. Like it was it was the breadcrumbs. Okay, now do this, now do this, now do this. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I am grateful to have been used. In the nuance of conversation, you can try to teach the skills, mm-hmm. but if you just don't have it, you don't have it. You don't have it. And that's why I feel like there's so much pod feed. Right. Because people have this expectation that is just having a one-on-one conversation with no direction. Mm-hmm. Then they realize how actually complicated it is. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, all of the work that it takes to produce a podcast. Right. They and then they that. just moonwalk away. Right. They don't see that. They think, oh, this is fun. And I'm going to talk about my crazy life. <laughs> well, you know, all the things me and my friends sit around and talk about that's only interesting to you and your friends, you know? So, yeah. Exactly. And I think on top of that, too, like you guys are saying, you can tell your listeners can tell, but then the guest you have on, you felt uncomfortable. Right. And then that's only going to make it harder to like, want to bring more guests on or even have them be like, Oh, my God, I was just on, you know, so and so show like, you'd love it like you. you Uh So it's like if they if they had a bad experience, that's what's going to kind of tail on. So it it is really important. Mm -hmm. For sure. And negative news travels because it's so much juicier, right? More than more than good news. So you can have 115 people that are so happy with the quality of your work product. They're so happy with what you gave them, your heart and your soul. And then it's that one person who is dissatisfied for whatever reason, and it falls into a rabbit hole. Yep. So, so true. Yep. I don't have a podcast right now you know I I get the question all the time will I ever have one I don't know when I find something that I want to talk about but for right now I love listening to podcasts so when I'm producing a podcast and I'm putting all those different pieces together and then listening to it that one final time I'm listening as a listener I you know I love like I can't you know believe that people pay me to do something that I would do for free (laughs) I'm putting that out. Shut your mouth. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. I'm like, really? Well, and Bethany says that all the time that we specifically only choose people who we'd actually enjoy listening to their podcasts. You know what I mean? Bethany doesn't want to sit there and edit for four hours to something that she's like falling asleep to. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And the fact that we, we do, we create our clients' audiograms, as well as we extract their quote. So if I can't garner right. anything that is good that I can showcase what this episode is about, 
I'm at a loss. Yeah, there's a problem. And anytime we kind of veer from our formula, we always end up with a problem with that particular client. Mm -hmm. Like anytime I don't go with my gut and I'm like, hmm. Let me try this. Yeah. Inevitably, I'm calling Sherilyn at like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, nah, I can't do it. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I won't do it. <laughs> so, Robin, uh, yes, you have to know you. So yeah. you are a treat in a dream. And I love you so much. But now we're doing a wrap up session called Biz Please. Please. <laughs> and it's trademarked that's right listeners do not try to steal right. this please like i am stealing robin's <laughs> podcasting is it's, it's, i'm gonna see that on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> if oh you see it on a t-shirt i promise you i will donate money to an organization of your choice okay Okay, I'm, I'm noting so, that. <laughs> yes, yes. So our segment, Miss Please, is where you get to tell us all the wonderful things you are doing. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you again for having me on for International Women's Day and, you know, Women's History Month. The an organization, a business called Rebel Nail here in Detroit, Put out, put out a call to action to their fellow women-owned businesses to create a coupon book, but not any type of coupon book. It's a coupon book specifically comprised of women-owned businesses. So there's discounts in there. There's, you know, special offers. So in the, the businesses range from apparel to, you know, a marketing company to jewelry. Of course, Motor City Woman is included in there. And it's called the Revenel promo book where you can pay one flat fee of $35 and get access to all these different coupons and codes, discount codes from these wonderful women-owned businesses. And to purchase yours, you can just go to MotorCityWoman.com and there's a banner right at the top. And we appreciate your support. So in addition to the website, where can people find you on social media? We are on social, all things at Motor City Woman. And personally, I am not a frequent social media butterfly, but you can find me on Twitter more often than Instagram at Robin Kinney. I didn't know that you were a tweeter. Oh my gosh, that's probably my favorite platform. I love it. I, and I don't tweet. I just like what other people tweet. See, people <laughs> do not put the value in stalking in which it really is. You're 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 a Twitter stalker. I am. I go on and I'm laughing and looking at memes. And, and that's how I found out all the things that were happening with the Meghan Markle interview through Twitter like I didn't even need to watch it to know okay this is what this is what happened this is who said what and you know that that's just it but Twitter is where I connect with people you know who are like-minded I see dialogue of people who are probably never meet but may have a different perspective so I, I really enjoy Twitter because it gives me out of my comfort zone and I just you know love a challenge you know let's let's what are we talking about today? That's why I feel Twitter is. Robin, you're the best. Thank you so much for your time. I, seriously, I could just like, I'm just, I just gush all over you. Cause I'm like, she's my mentor. She's my Detroit mentor. I'm like, oh, please squeeze your guts, squeeze your guts. And you guys, you know, one of the things that we did when um, we were, we first had this vision of a studio is really start mapping out, you know, where is the building? I remember visiting buildings. What's, you know, what's map out a diagram of, okay, there's going to be a studio A, there's going to be a studio B, and studio B will do this and that. And, you know, that manifestation is real, real, real. We'll start picking out colors, the wall colors. What do you want people to feel when they enter through your doors? That's what I want you to concentrate on. You say this, but I'm just literally going to mimic your floor plan 
and your couches and your colors. So you've already done this. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate you. Oh my gosh. You got to put the, the crackers and soup stamp on it. Oh, there'll be soup. There'll be soup. We'll have a kitchen full of soup. Yummy. And that's our stamp. <laughs> but, you know, all those things matter. And, and now as we, like we already have our eye on like a, a building that's, I don't know, it's probably about 20, 30,000 square feet. And it's just like, you know, we're looking at a campus now for full media production because everything is going in the direction of video. So we we want to give access to people, but we also want to, you know, provide an opportunity to build a skill set that you don't have to go to college for, because I think that's the direction that, you know, our global society is going into. And we don't want Detroiters to be left behind. Well, the Bostonians will be having the same opportunities thanks to Detroiters. I can't wait to come down and visit you guys in your recording studio and both of you always a phone call a text away as you grow you know I am here because I believe that you know rising tide you know lifts all ships and when one of us succeeds it's imperative for us to reach back and to to grow the next step and we're never going to make the progress that we truly deserve in this country without helping one another. Ah, there's nothing else that needs to be said. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you. Truly, it was amazing having you on. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for the soup. Girl, go get your soup on. Go get that soup on. (laughs) I'm about to refill. And what you guys didn't see was my husband um, holding up the bag of biscuits. The biscuits have been found. And I was about to be like, damn it. He was like, you did not do a good enough job in hiding. (laughs) And you were worried about the kids. You didn't even worry about the husband. You were just thinking about the kids. (laughs) That'll be the Christ there. (laughs) Go get your soup, girl. Go get your biscuits. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Bethany. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Chatting Over Chowder. This episode is sponsored by Crackers and Soup. You can find out more about our guest and Crackers and Soup in our show notes. If you loved this episode, subscribe and drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, Stay super. super.